This is a special edition of NBC Nightly News with Tom Brokaw, reporting tonight from Seattle. Good evening from Seattle, from Queen Anne Hill, and President Clinton at this hour is already in meetings, the first of two days of meetings with leaders of the Pacific nations. Boy, back when we were famous. Uh, <laughs> as President Biden prepares to meet later today with President Xi of China at the APEC Summit in San Francisco, it happens to be the 30th anniversary of the first APEC Summit, which was held, yeah, right here with uh, President Clinton in 1993. And our resident historian Felix Spinell just learned of this event and is here to cover it. <laughs> Yeah, just just this. I've just been handed a bulletin. That's right. Anyway, you've been combing through the archives uh, again. So tell well, us what I you remember. I never stop combing through the archives, Dave. You know that. Um, okay, so I, I love when the national newscasts originate here. I think Connie Chung was at Cary Park. So Tom Broca had to set up in someone's front yard there on Highland Drive. Uh-huh. It's like when they have those blimp shots during Monday Night Football. I just right. something just really. I love why it. can't we do this show from Cary Park exactly. every day? Wouldn't that be great? Now, APEC stands for Asia Pacific Economic Cooperation. It's a forum founded by 15 Pacific Rim countries in 1989. It didn't have its first big summit until 1993, the year Bill Clinton was inaugurated. Seattle had been chosen to host the event early in 1993 when it was just supposed to be a ministerial meeting, just all the diplomats hashing things out. But then President Clinton decided in August to elevate it to a meeting of prime ministers and presidents, and it became a much bigger deal. So 30 years ago, that's a long time ago. A lot has changed, right? Right? Um, As part of that NBC newscast, Andrea Mitchell laid out some of the challenges and opportunities for Bill Clinton when it came to China and meeting with Chinese President Zhang Zemin. The president will be using a carrot and stick approach in this unprecedented meeting of Asian leaders, representing a market of two billion people. He wants the Chinese to improve their human rights record and stop selling missiles abroad. In exchange, he'll offer continued favorable trade treatment due to expire next year. Most urgently, he is seeking China's help in getting North Korea to stop its nuclear weapons program. How'd that work out for you there? Uh, Okay, um, so no spy balloons in those days, but there was talk of this whole most favored nation status for China, which was going to renew in 1994, and that did happen. Of course, this was just four years after the massacre of college students at Tiananmen Square, which President Clinton did mention in a press conference, along with China's treatment of Tibet and the need for protection of American intellectual property. Wow, Um, it's all coming back to me. Now... Love or hate Bill Clinton, the guy was an orator and he could give a speech. Here's part of his opening remarks at the Olympic Hotel on Friday, November 19, 1993, after being introduced by Mayor Norm Rice and Governor Mike Lowry. This city is the appropriate place to have this meeting. Not only is Washington State the most trade-oriented state in the union, but as I learned from the governor on the way up the stairs when I asked him, uh, 80% of your trade is tied to the Asian Pacific region, and 90% of the imports to this port in Seattle come from Asia. Over half of Boeing's planes, Microsoft's computer programs, and Washington's wheat are sold abroad. I'm a sucker for hearing world leaders praise Seattle. I could play that clip over and over 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 again. again. But Clinton also knew how to throw in some personal color, too. I love Seattle. I always love to come here. I called home last night, and both my wife and my daughter... It chewed me out because I was here and they weren't. We've had some wonderful days here. This morning I got up and I went running in, the, in Green Lake Park, and I didn't turn green, but I nearly did. <laughs> it was a, a vigorous run. Does that qualify as a dad joke? I think it probably does. Now, I talked to Monica Whaley. She's president of the National Center for APEC. It's a Seattle-based group that's a legacy of those 1993 meetings. It's a private sector organization, works to connect the business community to the APEC policy process. And Monica's actually in San Francisco. That's where I talked to her a couple days ago. Now, in 1993, she was deputy director of the Washington Council on International Trade. 
That's the group led at the time by Robert Capp, who gets credit for the 1993 meeting being held here. Now, because Seattle was the first APEC summit, some of the choices made back then have ended up being carried forward for all subsequent APEC summits, including one pretty significant element that sets APEC apart from other uh, G20 or those other sorts of meetings like that. There's always a part of APEC Leaders Week that's called the Leaders Retreat. And, of course, the formality of it kind of changes depending on who's the host. But I think they do like to sort of support the idea of free exchange of ideas during at least a a part of the leaders meeting with one another. And that's kind of a legacy of Seattle, I think. That's just how, you know, kind of Seattle style. You know, famously, the leaders retreat in Seattle was held that Saturday on Blake Island. You know, that's the state park out in Puget Sound, western downtown, formerly the home of Tillicum Village, that indigenous-themed dinner and entertainment attraction. And now the document that came out of that Seattle meeting was called the Blake Island Declaration. Not quite Bretton Woods and the IMF, but it's really the foundational document for everything APEC still stands for and the initiatives member nations pursue together. You know, in fact, Blake Island is almost mythological in APEC history. Um, Earlier this summer, the ministerial portion of the APEC meetings, that's the prep for what's going on now in San Francisco, that was all held in Seattle. All these dozens of diplomats were here. Um, they gathered for weeks, you know, the, the staff and everything. And in August, I got to go on a boat ride with the diplomats to go look at Blake Island. Tilcom Village is closed, so we didn't actually go ashore. But the APEC members who were here this summer, most of them had never been to Blake Island. They weren't here 30 years ago. But there was this palpable buzz on the boat as we made our way west across the water. I asked Monica Whaley why the legend of Blake Island is so important to current APEC members who've never even set foot there. Not just the legend, but the history of APEC that took place on Blake Island. They all know and they refer to on a kind of constant basis, the Blake Island Declaration. And this is a constant in APEC documents, that you, going back to the Blake Island Declaration. So it's everybody knew what Blake Island was, but to take them by Blake Island, so to show it to them and to show them the setting, you, you drove right by where the leaders had taken their formal pictures of that event. And that was, that was just really cool for everybody. They were so excited, as you remember. It was great fun. So, you know, with history unfolding in San Francisco, it's nice to know Seattle played a role in it, even if Tom Brokaw isn't standing in someone's yeah. front yard and telling the rest of the world about it. But you, you covered APEC, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, did, I actually remember doing a song about it, but more... <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't well, know there's a Dave Ross song. Oh, we have to dig a, that out of the Brunei was here, so I did one, my Brunei guy, to Brunei girl. Very famous tipper, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Bob Cap. I don't know if you know, but Bob Cap was our guide when Cairo spent three weeks in China. Oh, I didn't know we that. Went okay. to, we went to Beijing, yeah. we went to Shanghai, and this was just a, uh, let's see, Deng Xiaoping was still premier, I believe, and and this was when they first started offering workers uh, a stake in, in uh, 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 capitalist companies. They were just starting their, their whole capitalist resurgence. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was fascinating. I like to think that we're one of that, that trip was one of the reasons they decided to have their summit here. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's, I, I love when Seattle's at the center of the universe for even a couple of days. There's this sense yeah. of everything going on, whether it's Tom Broker and Connie Chung, with just this notion that like we can host these kinds of things. I, hope we, I said this last week when we talked about that 1958 meeting. I want to do stuff like that here again. I want Seattle to be the center of the universe again. Just only for, my, really for my own ego purposes, Dave. I don't really, you know, it's the economic stuff's great, but I just want to feel good. Uh, it can happen, and you will lead the charge. Yeah. <laughs> Our Historian Felix Spinell, all his features at MyNorthwest.com.